This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sunday Worship. My name is Sam Davidson and it's great to be with you today. Our guest speaker today is Captain Rob Westwood-Payne and the Bible reading that he has chosen today is James chapter 3 verses 13 to 18. True wisdom comes from God. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favouritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen. Now, I appreciate that this question may give away your age, but do you remember the television series The Incredible Hulk? I remember watching it as a child. Can you remember what Dr. David Banner used to say at the beginning of every episode? Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Do you know anyone like that? Of course, the foolish thing about the people in The Incredible Hulk is that despite his warning, they were always provoking him to anger. That was the whole point of the series. People provoked Dr. Banner into becoming angry and then he'd hulk out and they'd reap the consequences. If they'd been wise, they would have made peace with Dr. Banner rather than provoking him to anger. What about you? Do you know someone who sees the red mist no matter what you do? You see, I have to admit that I am foolish enough on occasions to do the same as the people used to do to David Banner, to provoke the angry person in my life. And it's easy to do, isn't it? Once you've been around someone for long enough, you get to learn what irritates them. And whilst most of us don't do this intentionally, but rather subconsciously, we file that in the back of our minds to use as a weapon when we get into an argument with them or when we're trying to get our own way. We know that it's wise to be peace-loving. We know that it's wise not to pick a fight. But sometimes it's just too tempting. Sometimes we just have to push that button. And I imagine that most of us know at least one person in our lives who should wear a sign around their necks saying, push button to add drama. So how do we deal with those people in a wise way? James says that the most wise thing that we can do is not to antagonise them. The wisest way to deal with people who have buttons to push is not to push their buttons. Don't provoke their rage. Don't egg them on. However much they might provoke you, just don't push the button. Of course, they may say something that hurts you. They may offend you in some way. They may even be rude to you, but we don't have to pull out the big gun. Why? Because when we do, it's a weapon of mass destruction. Pushing the button does nothing to resolve the problem. 
Pushing the button does nothing to help the relationship. In fact, it simply causes more hurt. James says that in relationships, it is wise to be peace-loving. And the writer of the Proverbs says in chapter 20, verse 3, Any fool can start arguments. The honourable thing is to stay out of them. The wise thing to do is, even if someone else is pushing your buttons, don't push their buttons back. Be peace-loving. So how do we do that? How do we ensure we're not pushing other people's buttons? Well, Pastor Rick Warren suggests three ways. First, he says, don't compare that person to someone else. When you're saying to someone, why can't you be more like so-and-so? It pushes their buttons. And if you say to them, you're always like so-and-so, that pushes other buttons. And if you say something like, you know what, you're just like your mother, well, that's the nuclear option. Comparing people to other people antagonises people's anger. Why? Because it makes them feel insecure. When you're trying to be someone that you're not, that just makes people angry. And that person doesn't need you to push their buttons. Instead, they need you to reassure them that how God designed them is not a mistake and that you believe in them. So be peace-loving and don't compare your angry person to someone else. Secondly, Rick says, don't condemn them either. The second that you start laying on a guilt trip in a relationship, you're being foolish. It may make you feel good to criticise and condemn someone, but I've learned by experience that it seldom gets the person to realise their mistakes, let alone change their ways. Instead, what happens is they start to feel guilty for what they've done, and that makes them angry. They feel ashamed. And instead of repenting and changing their ways, they do the exact opposite and get in a rage. When you say to someone, you should, or you must, or you ought, or you need to, or you always, or you never, it simply pushes their buttons. Why? Because they're already fighting their own conscience. You see, they know that they should, or they must, or they ought, or they need to, or they always, or they never, and they don't need you to tell them. If you decide to be someone's conscience, Don't be surprised when they get angry at you. So instead, try to understand them. Be forgiving of what they've done. Dale Carnegie writes, Any fool can criticise, condemn and complain, and most fools do, but it takes great character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. Now that's not to say that we should simply praise people regardless of their behaviour. But in our day-to-day interactions with people, it's easy to slip into automatically condemning people out of habit. Sometimes we're so used to doing it, we don't even realise. So instead, slow down and try and figure out why people do what they do. Be peace-loving by practising sympathy, tolerance and kindness. Don't compare them and don't condemn them. And thirdly, Rick says, don't contradict them. That always makes them real mad. If you're always correcting someone, it's really irritating. You don't always have to prove you're right, or that you need to prove your point. Now, some of you will be sitting there thinking, but I was right. I had to be right. I had to show that person I was right. But that's foolish. It doesn't work. And most of the time I've learned, it's not important. William James, the famous psychologist, wrote, Wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. There is thus 
some stuff that some people do, that some people say, that you just need to overlook. Don't make a big deal out of it. Don't contradict them. There's no point in arguing over stupid things. Be a peacemaker. Resolve to be more concerned with being in relationship than being right. So don't compare them, don't condemn them, and don't contradict them. Instead, James says, be a peacemaker. Provoking someone to anger, pushing their buttons, doesn't produce God's righteousness. It's peacemaking that does. In verse 18 of our reading, James writes, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Of course, he was only echoing Jesus who says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. When you act in a peace-loving way, you are acting like Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean peace at all costs. It doesn't mean peace by simply avoiding any kind of conflict with the other person. We're not talking about the couple who just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Someone asked the gentleman the secret of their marital bliss. Well, the old man drawled, the wife and I had disagreement when we first got married. It went like this. When she was bothered about something, she'd just tell me and get it off her chest. And if I was mad at her about something, I was able to take a long walk. I suppose you could attribute our happy marriage to the fact that I've largely led an outdoor life. Now, sometimes the wise thing to do is to take a walk, but we cannot always walk away from conflict. What we can do is approach conflict in a peaceful spirit. To live out the words of Romans 12 verse 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. It's an attitude of trying always to build bridges rather than walls. It means acting towards that person with love, with patience, with joy and with peace, rather than with anger. It means taking the initiative and confessing your part in the conflict, and being humble. So the question I have for you, and for me this morning, is this. Will you be a bridge builder? Will you be a peacemaker in your relationships? Will you avoid the temptation to push other people's buttons? It's hard work. It can only be done at great personal cost. It will only happen if you engage in a steady habit of prayer and self-discipline. But if you're willing, just think about the person whose buttons you push most often and strive to be a peacemaker and a bridge builder. God bless you.
If you're willing to be a peacemaker and a bridge builder, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me just now. Father God, you know the conflict in my life. I'm tired of it and I want to make peace. I want to have your peace in my life so I can offer peace to others. So first, I accept your peace today. I open my life to you as best as I know how. Would you fill my life with love, not anger, and with patience, joy and peace? Come in and fill every area of my life with your peace and help me to be a bridge builder and not a wall builder. Help me to take the initiative and not to wait on that other person. Help me to find the right time and place and then help me to have the courage to confess my part of the conflict and to be humble. Instead of attacking the person, help me attack the problem. Help me to consider the other person's perspective. Help me to speak the truth in love, fix the problem and not the blame and to focus on reconciliation instead of resolving all the disagreements. I ask this in your name. Amen. Romans 15 verse 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and God bless.